Welcome to Study, Grow, Know, where we discuss theology, prophecy, and current political issues from a conservative biblical perspective. Here's your host, Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Well, thanks for joining me again. I hope you had a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. The title of this particular episode is called, Are Globalists Winning? Well, the short answer for the title is yes, they appear to be winning. However, in the long run, we know they won't win. And we will be glad to see that they are thoroughly defeated by our Lord when he physically returns to this earth, when he personally ends the tribulation slash great tribulation. So as we just celebrated Memorial Day, we should be remembering many of the military service people who gave their all for freedom in this country. But we're distracted by globalists and their tyranny that leads to more deaths, less freedom. Now, as Chuck Baldwin notes, and I've included a video link in the transcript as he uh, preaches a sermon on Christian war fever, a curse on the Christian. Now, as he notes, this is the war machine, and unfortunately, it is often supported by Christians. Please take the time to listen to his message. Now, I read an article the other day from Leo Homan via Grandma Jerry, who noted a number of things about the elites, the globalists, what they're telling us from the comfort of their own little mountaintop resort in Davos. Homan also notes that he believes these globalists have entered into what he calls the kill phase of their Great Reset. First, nothing they're saying, if it comes to fruition, will be good for the average person. Nothing. Second, their arrogance is on display, proven by the fact that they routinely announce to the world what they're thinking, all their intentions, because they think nothing will stop them. Well, Jesus will stop them ultimately, Revelation 19. However, as Homan also notes, these people have recognized that they need to prepare for what they call an angrier world that may well rise up against them. Now, I agree that people can only be pushed so far, and many will snap, reacting violently to the type of oppressive measures that globalists are pushing. And globalists would be idiots if they did not support their own or expect people to push back because there are too many in the world who have had enough. So what is the globalist solution to this? Is a culling of the population in the works? Well, historically, wars have always brought about major deaths, of course. And following that, pestilence, disease, food shortages, supply chain issues. And while making those involved in the industrial war machine exceedingly wealthy. But as I've said before, Deaths or casualties from wars don't reduce the kind of numbers that globalists apparently want to see reduced if what we're hearing about, what we're reading about, and all uh, implications seem to be pointing to. So in order to help that along, why not have three or four major problems all at once throughout the world? In fact, Australia, with its extremely high vax rate, is now reporting that there are 7,152,007 infections and 8,374 coronavirus-related deaths reported in the country since the pandemic began a few years ago. They're talking about new mask mandates, new lockdowns. No one is putting together the possibility that increased infections and even deaths 
or the potential result of the CV vax itself? Nobody. California with a daily rate of nine people dying or 0.0002% based on 40 million population there continues its emergency powers usage in an attempt to control people and society. Meanwhile, a study called Together has decided that ivermectin does not work to combat CB19. Hmm. However, several medical people, including Dr. Pierre Corey, have done their best to call out the study because people involved in that Together study are also, interestingly enough, very closely aligned with Big Pharma, creating a huge conflict of interest. And I've included links, and the link brings you to Corey's third installment, his third article on this subject. And what is tragic is how quickly mainstream media jumps on this study as proof that ivermectin is not valuable in the early fight against COVID. Corey points out the flaws in the study, and more people will continue to die because of a lack of repurposed, over-the-counter drugs that should be tried. Obviously, the vax itself is not efficacious. We know that now. It had a 12% efficacy, according to Pfizer's own papers, for a week, and then it went down to 1%. It was nowhere near the 95% efficacy that Fauci said it would be. So now Pfizer is pushing a drug called Paxlovid. And Igor Chudoff discusses the ramifications of this drug and the reoccurring problem of CV-19 that he believes will appear as constant waves of COVID. Now, meanwhile, they're trying to explain away all the causes and cases of myocarditis, heart attacks, and blood clots, all based on what they say is a newly discovered substance. And I've got links to that in the transcript as well. This supposedly, this new substance is supposedly triggering respiratory and heart diseases and interestingly enough, also contributing to global warming. Well, it gets a bit ridiculous after a while. Why are such healthy athletes being disproportionately affected while many people like me who are not not as healthy as a healthy athlete and who are not vaxxed are not experiencing these issues. So what CV-19 began with its lockdowns, mandates, and social distancing has evolved into food and other supply chain shortages with more on the way. Biden has helped this immeasurably by canceling the Keystone Pipeline and other oil leases, which prohibits drilling for oil in certain areas of the USA. Now, while proponents of Biden's executive orders are just ecstatic and state that the Keystone Pipeline wasn't even finished yet, it wasn't producing anything, so really it didn't matter, the truth is that the Keystone Pipeline has always considered to be part of the potential supply and demand that was helping to keep oil prices low based on future prospects. It's not that hard to see. Now that it's gone, along with most of Alaska and the Gulf of Mexico, the USA has gone from energy independence to foreign oil dependent overnight. And we're not even talking about all the people who lost jobs because of Biden's executive orders. Now, environmentalists claim this is all good because it will force people to move to sustainable methods 
of travel, you know, like bikes or electric vehicles. Well, the problem, of course, as I've mentioned before, is that there's no real infrastructure for electric vehicles that still rely on fossil fuels, by the way, to charge and run. I find it fascinating that not that many months ago, California officials asked residents to not charge their electric vehicles because of concerns that the power grid could not handle it. It's not sustainable when you cannot charge your car. Australia also is seriously moving ahead to go green, which will ultimately create major failure to their economy since they also do not have a green infrastructure in place. These things need to be built over time and slowly, slowly changed over. Well, that's not what ha what's happening today. These people are godless and they are deciding how we will be allowed to live, what we can eat and drink, where we can work or where we can travel to. Their hubris energizes them the same way Satan's hubris energizes him. These the gods of these globalists are literally their stomachs, Philippians 3.19. Or put another way, they love themselves and their families only. They want only the best for themselves. And to that end, they believe they need to use technocracy. And if you don't know what that is, I've got links in the transcript to it, to achieve their, you know, their globalist dreams 20 or 30 years ago think about it if you were alive then and cognizant and a young person or a young adult 20 or 30 years ago the idea of a final one world government that would oversee everything and every person was far-fetched and the type of stuff written about in science fiction and then often made into a movie that's where we got that information it wasn't really that easy to believe However, because of today's technology, cell phones, the internet, GPS, electronic cashless debit cards, and more, society has fast become slaves to the beast system that is being built now. It is a simple matter of time before the news tightens to the point where there will be few alternatives to their growing beast system. And quite honestly, I don't believe the average person, including many Christians, is truly aware of what's coming down the pike. We may be looking at the following reality as the summer of 22 rolls into the fall. More pandemics and illnesses. They're already on the way. They're already here. Monkeypox, lockdowns, new mandates for vaccines, social distancing, masks, higher inflation leading to major recession, major food shortages, gas shortages, and potential rationing. Now, because there are roughly 30% or more of the population who won't comply with globalists, these globalists need to do something to help achieve their dreams. Homan believes part of the solution lies in eliminating much of the global population, and that includes the USA. Now, whether that's an offshoot of what's happening or by design, it's difficult to know, but I think we're headed into some rough months. I personally believe that what we've started seeing is the results of the vaccine rollout. 
And I personally expect that to increase exponentially over the next six months to a year. I'm not simply pulling this out of my hat, by the way. This all goes back to what doctors like Drs. Tenpenny, Malone, uh, too many others to list here, have warned us about for months. The mRNA vaccine, which remains experimental and dangerous, has taken thousands of lives. I'm aware that some say, oh, there's no way for me to prove that assertion. And I'd argue that there's no way to prove for them to prove their assertion of the opposite, that the mRNA vax is not dangerous. My wife and I both know many who have had the vax and are constantly sick with one thing or another because of it. We also know a growing number of people who have simply died suddenly, and they're not necessarily older folks either. I mean, this is happening across the spectrum, regardless of age. Now, added to this, the world is going to experience tremendous famine. I find it fascinating when someone like Laura Logan, journalist, tweets out her concerns. People come along and express how disappointed they are with her and that she must have gone off the deep end. Here's what she says. We are in real trouble. The supply chains are down and staying down. No one is asking the White House about it or doing anything about it. Gas is so high there will be no trucks on the roads delivering food if this continues. And at the same time, gas prices have made commercial fertilizer unaffordable. So farmers worldwide have not been able to plant enough food. We are heading for global famine and it is deliberate. I have been raising this for months and every day it looks worse. Nothing else will matter soon. I think that that's really interesting. And more and more people are talking like this. They aren't willing to consider the people who condemn Laura Logan and others for that opinion. They aren't willing to consider that Logan and many others may be 100% correct. I'm sure many who criticize her are simply bots on social media using algorithms and uh, pre-planning to create a specific narrative. But gas prices have already gone over $6 in parts of the USA, and they will go higher. I still remember paying under $2 per gallon. At one point, $1.69 per gallon when Trump was president. The supply chain only works because of the trucking industry. You price gas and fuel and diesel so far out of reach, and those trucks will not run. If they don't run, products don't get to stores. Now, beyond all of this, as if that were not enough, Big Pharma has come up with ways to insert microchips into us for tracking and for social credit scoring purposes, according to Martin Armstrong. Pfizer has created a way to insert chips into pills, and they appear almost gleeful about this new technology, or should I call it technocracy. To them, honestly, we are just cattle to be branded, corralled, controlled, and used for their benefit. The goal is to kill or break us, quite frankly. I really believe that that's it. I know that sounds, oh gosh, conspiratorial, but really, what other options are there? I know how depressing also that that can sound, and I'm not trying to intend to depress you, but what other options are there for globalists? If they want to succeed, they cannot leave things to chance. They have to take control of all aspects of society in order to usher in their great reset. We've already seen a major push for more gun control, and I think we're going to see that big time. Technocracy is the way for them to do what they're doing because the technology that props up technocracy that exists today gives them the means to take and maintain control over 
virtually every aspect of society. Now, as I said, this, this couldn't have happened 30 years or so ago, but with the advent of the internet, Wi-Fi, cell phones, GPS, cashless means of purchasing things, etc. We have literally walked right into what appeared to be, at the outset, very convenient for us. Well, it was convenient, but it was also a convenient way for them to trap and ultimately control all of society. Now, I don't want to keep going on and on about this because harping on this can be a bit depressing. I realize that. However, what is important here is that Christians need to do several things. First, we need to walk closely with our Lord and Savior, learning to daily depend on Him for strength, wisdom, and discernment as we have absolutely no clue what later today, much less tomorrow, will bring. And how is that done? By being in His Word every day, by communicating with Him, by talking, by hearing His words repeated in our heart and mind. Second, we should absolutely do what we can to make preparations for what is coming. Third, we should always focus on the hope that we have in Jesus and in the fact that he will return physically and he will set things right through judgment prior to setting up of his millennial kingdom, Matthew 25, 31 to 46 and Revelation 19, 1 through 21. Now, when I say that we should prepare, I'm simply saying that we should use whatever we can and do whatever we can so that we have extra things on hand, necessities. Not everyone will be able to do the same thing, but everyone can prepare to some degree. And I believe God will bless those efforts. I believe he will also never leave or forsake us. Deuteronomy 31, 6, Matthew 28, 20, Hebrews 13, 5. And you can also see Romans 8. He cares deeply for us. He is not going to turn his back on us. Well, I wish I knew exactly how this is all going to play out, but it's probably good that I don't. If I consider how exhausting and overwhelming it was for people like Daniel, when God revealed specifics about the future to him in Daniel 10, or John, the Apostle John in the book of Revelation. But as far as Daniel was concerned, as the angel told Daniel in Daniel 12, 9, and 10, that, quote, the wicked will continue to be wicked. None of the wicked will understand. But those who are wise will understand. That's Daniel 12:10b. All of this may not seem like good news, but this is a real potential of what we can expect. The coming days and months will try our faith. I don't see how it can be avoided. What will make it even more difficult is for those who do not see it coming and do not prepare for it. Don't forget, folks, God laughs at these globalists who lead mankind in raging against God, Psalm 2. He has all things under his absolute sovereignty and will not fail to establish his goals and purposes for his creation. What really can mankind or Satan do to thwart God? Absolutely nothing. Well, I leave you with that, and I do thank you for joining me today. And I pray until we meet again, God would open your eyes to show you how blessed you are in Him. You've been listening to Study, Grow, Know with Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Please join us each week for new broadcasts that deal with theology, prophecy, and political issues from a biblical, conservative perspective. 